Hey everybody, welcome to Making It. This is episode 131. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Pachuto. How are you doing? Oh, it's back. Oh, it's back. <clears throat> I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing very good. We also have Jimmy Duresta. Hey. Yay. How you doing? I just kind of, I did like I slid into third base, I just slid into the front of my computer <laughs> before we got started. <laughs> I like Dukes of hazarded it into the driveway. Slam the door behind me. There's like chicken feathers behind me, like spinning in the air. <laughs> that probably always happens, though, right? Yeah, usually. But today was especially yeah. <laughs> like sliding in. And just as we were about to start, it was so funny. I was checking uh, FedEx to see my shipment that I was expecting, and I was like, it should have been here. And just as I clicked on the FedEx, the FedEx truck drives past the house, like into the driveway. It was amazing. It was like I hit the click on the computer, and it's like, oh yeah, we're right here. We've been waiting for the click. So. That's how the internet works. Exactly. It's just amazing. It's getting so much Man. faster. <laughs> nice. Well, so why were you running late or why were you running here? What have you been up to? Oh, just working. I'm working on those props. I don't know if you saw today's vlog. I, I'm making these props. So last week I I put out a video where I make these gold bars and I'm making more. There's four elements to the props I'm making. I'm making the gold bars, which everybody's seen. I'm making a big test tube, which is really cumbersome and pain in the butt. And I'm making big money rolls. So I got, that's where I got money printed a couple of weeks ago. I talked about that. Big uh, 36 by 88 inch wide $100 bills. And the last thing I'm making is a big ice cream pop. So I'm just trying to get all my ducks in a row because we're getting ready to go to Nashville. I think we're all going. And I have to make sure that all my work is done for Brett to deliver this week. So I'm just anxious to get all that done. So I'm just working hard and getting, and then I also have to do my, my uh, Lincoln welding video, which has to be done <laughs> tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, a lot, lot cooking as usual. Mm. Nice. Yep. Sweet. David, what have you been up to? I got a couple of videos coming out this week. Uh, let's see. It is Monday now. So on Tuesday, I have a video coming out on making a magazine rack, um, like a old vintage style magazine rack. Let's bring back periodicals. A lot of walnut, and then later on this week, I have a bed video coming out, and I'm actually at a point where I am three videos ahead. What? I know. I'm. It's not my favorite way to work, but I'm getting used to it, and it really takes a lot of pressure off when I'm when I'm a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just uh, working on a whole bunch of stuff right now, and feeling feeling good about about what's coming out. Sweet. How's the shop coming? We had a guy come over this morning to do, he's going to give me an estimate in the next day or so to just take care of the whole thing. And um, I had really good vibes with him. He seemed to um, understand what I wanted and just seemed like a cool dude. We, he's a woodworker as well, and so we, we had a lot, a lot of conversations about woodworking and where we get our wood and, and stuff. So looking forward to that. And he's also he, and if the price is right, he might also do some work to our, our house too. So shop is coming along. The heating and the air conditioning has been installed, although very ineffective right now since there's no insulation or drywall up. But uh, it's coming yeah. along, and with this contractor, it should come along a lot faster. Awesome. Good to hear it. Yeah. How do you have any clue how close you are to to like being in it? Or is it still It really just, depends on this contractor. If it comes uh, back with the price that's within my budget. And he says um, you know, 
they they could get started almost right away. So it could be next month. Wow. Yeah, which would be amazing. Yeah, awesome. Right on. Um, well, I've, I got some progress done on my shop this week, which was really cool. Um, I ended up ripping out all of the electrical that was already in there because it was really only like two 15-amp circuits. One was mainly for the lights. And so I ended up um, adding two 20-amp circuits to the to the breaker box. Well, we have two boxes, but added two circuits and then ran those two lines right down the middle of the shop. I think I've talked about it before. There's like a column right down the middle or like a, a pillar, a bunch of pillars down the middle. And so I, I ran both of those lines down into boxes so that all of the left receptacles are on one circuit, all of the right are on another circuit. Which, did you say that a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago? That's, okay. what we're, that's what we're doing in our garage too, yeah. Okay. I Somehow... I don't know. I think I've been. Th- I think we've been thinking about that separately, and okay. I had forgotten that you said it or something. But anyway, I mentioned it the other day to, to somebody online, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's what David's doing." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> so anyway, but anyway, I got it working. Um, so I got those all those circuits run, and got some of the lighting started. Um, I'm keeping one of the 15 amp circuits there uh, to to just dedicate to the lighting, so I don't have to worry about it interfering with anything else. And I ordered some of the lights that we talked about. I think we talked about in the after show. So oh yeah, people this may is not get understand. Confusing now it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got these special LED lights, these flat panel things. Um, and I ordered those. I thought I ordered them. Turned out I didn't order them, and I had to reorder them. Either that, or I'm going to get like thirty lights in the mail one of these days. But so th- I'm waiting on those to come in, and then I can actually f- get the lights on the ceiling, and you know. Thanks to you, I ordered the same ones. Nice. I ordered well, six of them, and it came to just under five hundred dollars. So hopefully, they work out great. They were mine were seventy four ninety nine a piece. So maybe I didn't get the exact same ones, but they were mm. from LightUp.com. Yeah, mine were thirty two dollars a piece. But you got oh. didn't you get like two by four? Yeah, I got two by four. Okay, so mine were one foot by four foot. Yours are two foot by four foot. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll put a link to these if anybody's interested. So the disclaimer here is though that I bought two of these on Amazon. They're really awesome. Then I found a cheaper place to get them that I haven't gotten those in yet, and so I don't, you know, like I haven't technically tried the ones from this place that we ordered. So I don't know. They could just be like pieces of styrofoam with an LED stuck in the middle of them. I don't know, but they'll probably be fine. Um, but yeah, so I got that started, which is really cool. It's good to have some progress. And then today I started on my office, tearing out some, uh, just kind of old shelves that were my granddad had in there. And, uh, it was really just kind of demolition, kind of cleaning it up, getting it down to bare studs. And then hopefully this week I'll make some real progress. Cause I certainly need an office right now. It's in the middle of the living room with all <laughs> the kids and all the dogs and yeah, not super cool. So. Yeah, my office and, is in the kitchen right here, so I'm kind of in the same boat. But it looks like it's you have books behind you on a shelf, so oh, yeah. you're moving uh, in. This, yeah, this shelf is actually coming down. It doesn't belong there, but mm. uh, it's funny. I'm going through all my books, and I'm, I, I think I'm interrupting you, but I'm going through all my books, and I'm cataloging them all on, on Pinterest, and uh, the cookbooks that I have in my office, I'm like, they don't need to be in here. They need to go in the kitchen, so they're just kind of throwing up behind me right now. So you're cataloging them on Pinterest. What do you mean by that? So I've been taking a cover of all the photos and then posting them on Pinterest. And Pinterest now allows you to post a Amazon affiliate link. 
And so I have Amazon affiliate links to all, all those books. And so what this is going to allow me to do is I have around 250 woodworking maker um, art books. And what this will allow me to do is when I'm out at these used bookstores or thrift stores, I can look on Pinterest or search through my Pinterest to see what I have, what I don't have. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. That's pretty smart. And if I'm going to brag about my book collection all the time, I might as well have it out there where people can see what I have. That's true. That's true. Oh, speaking of Amazon, we're just going to bounce around here for a little bit. Speaking of Amazon, I bought a couch on Amazon. What? Hmm. Tell (laughs) tell me more. I'm very skeptical. Yeah. So, we've been, when we moved, we, um, we left our old couches, which we had had for like 14 years or something. Like, they... They did their job. We <laughs> left those. We donated them and didn't move them up here. But so since we've been up here for two or three weeks now, I mean, I've been up here for longer than that, but I haven't had a couch and I'm so sick of not having a couch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been looking around. We kind of decided on like a style that we wanted a base style for the house. And so we've been looking for, you know, couches to fit that. But couches are one of those things you typically want to sit on and try out and see how they work. And so we've gone to all these stores. My wife's been going to Louisville and back, which is like an hour away, and just trying out, you know, these different stores and couches and coming back. And we're like, this one's awesome. It's so comfortable. And it's $2,000 for like a leather, you know, whatever. It's just so expensive. So the other day, we finally, she found one that she liked that was way cheaper than that. It was a big sectional, mid-century modern style, really cool looking, really comfortable. And... um so after work, we picked up the kids from school, drove up there an hour, sat on it, almost bought it. And I was like, yeah, but we looked at so many on Amazon that like are half the price, you know, mm. like they may not be as comfortable, but they're half the price. And so we said, well, we'll reserve this one and we'll come back and, you know, we'll call if we decide we want to order it. So we go home that night, look around and I'm looking on Amazon at this couch that looks awesome. You can get a couch a love seat and a chair for still less than this one couch that we saw in person. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so even if, you know, if we buy one couch and it doesn't work out, like it can go in my office or something. Like, it doesn't have to be the forever couch in the living room. So we just ordered it and it was free shipping. It's going to be here in like a week. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, you know, wish me luck. <laughs> you have to pay extra for no damage. <laughs> Mm, I don't think so. It has like free returns and stuff, yeah. and you get to inspect it when they bring it. So I, that's always knows. awkward. They brought us a, a refrigerator with a big ding in it. The refrigerator yeah. was twenty five hundred dollars, and the ding, and the guy goes, "We'll give you back three hundred bucks." And I just said, Taylor called me, and she's like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "Just keep it. Who cares?" Yeah. Well, they we bought a, a stove on Amazon one time that we found locally, but it was like three or four hundred dollars cheaper, so we bought it. We got it there. The guy dropped it off. You know, it's in a big box. Drops it off in the li- in the kitchen. Leaves. We eat dinner. I go in there and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to swap this out. I open it up and it's the wrong stove. <laughs> I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> so I had to wait like four or five days for them to come pick it up. And it was giant and in the middle of our kitchen in a box. And I couldn't move it anywhere. There's no place to put it. So we just had to like work around it for several days. It was a pain. So, anyway, we'll see if the couch works out. But I just thought it was weird. Like, the moment I push the button, I'm like, we just bought a giant piece of furniture on Amazon. That's <laughs> <laughs> so strange. But if it works, it'll be really cool. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah. What are, we, what are we talking about? You guys want to talk about moving again? 
Yeah, let's talk about episode. moving. Oh, let's do it. Pe- people love it when we talk about moving. <laughs> Did you guys know I moved? And I might move Did again? you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to move again. We're, oh. Yeah, eventually yeah. my wife will move again. Eventually. You know what we should do? All three of us should just like swap houses. <laughs> we should all just pick up our stuff, move to the next person's house. There's a and reality then, show, house swap there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> shop, shop swap. Shop swap. There you go. I elect though I like that you, when you move into the next guy's house, you have to clean it. So that means that's going to be a win for me. Yeah. Let's not do that. And we're going to talk about something a lot more controversial today. Mm. That is safety technology on saw st- or on, uh, table saws. Yeah. Mm. 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 This, this is going to get fun. some comments. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's yeah. some opinions. People have opinions on this. It's We've gotten a lot of emails about this over the mm. last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, there is, I, I, uh, what's the right term? Legislation? Um, Potential legislation. Get, yeah, to get a safety feature um, on all table saws. And I think the issue with that is saw stops patent covers a very broad range so it's well, hard let's to... let's back up just a little bit sure. somebody may not know all the details here please <clears throat> so the saw stop is a brand of, of table saws they have a flesh sensing technology so if you touch the blade while it's running it pulls the it slams a brake into the blade pulls the blade down out of the table so theoretically your finger will just get a little nick rather than getting chopped off right yeah so right. they have this this technology patented Okay, now you can continue. <laughs> but how long is the patent? Because they've been in business for quite some time. Even though they seem relatively new, they've been in business for about 25 years. The patent runs out in 2021. Oh, wow. So yeah. they must get a new patent then. So, well, I mean, I mean, that's, 2021 is not that far away. Uh-uh. Oh, I so, suppose so. Yeah, the patent's usually 17 years. Yeah. So hmm. now, um, with this, uh, they want it to be mandatory. And... That causes um, some concern with some people because it raises the price on a table saw. So, like an entry label uh, level table saw is around two hundred dollars ish. The cheapest saw that you can get from Saw Stop um, with this technology is around four hundred dollars. And so, if other companies implemented this, it, it would potentially raise the price. And I know some people are concerned that uh, the Saw Stop patents cover a broad range and so it's harder for other companies to come up with their own technology and SawStop wants to license this technology which then could cause a monopoly um i'm trying to say this without showing a particular side i'm just trying to give mm-hmm. facts and, and things that I, I i've read and well they have a monopoly on that particular technology if somebody can come up with a better version of it then they can patent it I think I think the issue is that their their patent and I haven't read it, but I think the issue is that their patent is broad enough that it covers a lot of things that could potentially work even kind of the same way, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the worry. But so Bosch came out with a table saw that it was just getting ready to release with some sort of technology to it didn't stop the blade, but it pulled it underneath the table so the blade would still spin and the blade would not be destroyed in the process because currently the blade will get destroyed or has potential of getting destroyed on a saw stop machine. And apparently uh, the patent lawyers 
stop that because they were infringing on the patents. The weird here, the pro, there's there's so there's so many angles to look at this. But one of the things is if you have a patent on something and you don't enforce it, you lose it. Right. Right. So uh, if you're a company, you have a patent, you have to enforce it, otherwise you lose that patent. Um. So I know people are concerned that that, that Bosch table saw is not coming out now. Yeah. And it's, you know, they they got pretty far with that. I mean, I remember seeing that saw on like late night, like one of the late night shows with Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And so for the fact to it for it to be shown off in a capacity like that, like on a big stage in front of a whole bunch of people and then to never make it to market because of legislation or because of a patent, uh, you know, suit is I mean, I, I totally get why people are worried about that, because that's that's like a big action big public action you know that they're taking um which does kind of set the precedent for anybody else trying to do something similar in technology in the future you know i get that but there's there's a bunch of different points like you said there's a bunch of different points of discussion about this i think the big one like there was an npr article that maybe we can link to that in the in the uh, show notes but it's about the legislation which is one big thing that legislation is trying to force a safety mechanism on an entire category of products. Now, is it the legislation or is it a couple of lobbyists? That's what you got to ask yourself. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, maybe is there yeah. a bill ready to go, or is it just a bunch of lobbyists trying to drum up support for it? That I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. You know, because then yeah. if it's just getting out here, then you know the chances of it actually becoming legislation are probably few and far between, or at least far, far away. They talked about seat belts for 30 years before they were actually implemented and then they talked about airbags for 25 30 years before they were actually implemented and by the time they could be implemented or the patent could be expired and there could be 17 versions of it actually out there so that mm-hmm. he might end up with just a couple of months of potential income from it you know the inventor mm-hmm. of saw stop these mm-hmm. things take forever especially since it's so divisive and there's so many different sides to this story or there's two sides rather people say you should have a free market. I don't want my things to be expensive. I want to pay a lot to have my finger reattached. I don't want to pay a lot for my saw. I'd rather pay a lot for hospital bills. You know, people can choose to do it. I'm being sarcastic. No one's getting it. But, <laughs> you know, people could choose whatever they want. And then if people are going to be upset about saws being more expensive, people have been making saws for 100 years. You can go out right now and go to Craigslist and buy 20 different saws that were made in the last five years that are equally yeah as good a quality as anything you'd buy brand new for cheaper so you know i i I don't know where i stand i mean having been a you know an amputee is what it says in my medical records on my pinky i due to a table saw i would never even attempt to do any kind of production on it on anything but a saw stop at this point and now have now i have a shop with a somewhat of a communal aspect to it i wouldn't let anybody touch anything but a saw stop after knowing what i've been through and you know, I used to, whenever Taylor would cut on this table saw, I would like kind of, I would, I would be the helicopter boyfriend making sure she's, you know, I would hover around her and be like, make sure you don't do that. That's how you get a kickback. And now I'm like, well, you just, you know, if you get a kickback, the worst you'll get is a broken finger. But, you know, at least she's not going to cut her hand off. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, the other thing that I love about the saw stop, and we've talked about this, is the guards are simple to use. The guard, like I never, everyone always thought I'd get my saw stop. I'd take the guards off and throw them in the garbage. Even the guys there said, well, you know, if you want to run it without a guard, I guess you can, but we'd rather you not. I've been using the guards. Absolutely. Whenever I can, because they're user friendly, they're easy to use that. They're, they're part of the design. 
as opposed to an afterthought, which was a lot of the saws from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. The guard was always an afterthought. So they integrated it into the physical design of the, the production quality of a saw so it doesn't get in your way. So, uh, I, I mean... I don't know. I don't know if I'm for it or against it. I mean, it, there's always seems to be a little bit of like the conversation comes up. People are like, oh yeah, well, the saw's going to be more money. I'm like, who cares? A lot of things are mm. more money. I mean, you want better quality stuff, safer stuff. It costs more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want a car that drives itself? It costs more money. Well, but see, okay, there's an interesting thing. I this is actually a similar conversation that will happen in another maybe ten years. Uh, when it, you know there'll, there'll be some legislation someday that'll say self-driving cars are now proven to be safer, a hundred percent safer than a person-driven car. So does that mean that we only sell self-driving cars now? And there'll be a huge you know blow up where everybody's like, no, I want to drive my own car. And I don't think that will ever happen. I think. Uh, there would be too much like fight back against that. There'll but it's be the like same a kind of thing eighty now, year overlap, and that'll be it. Like a seventy, well, eighty year yeah, overlap. Yeah, I mean, I think there will be an overlap of it. But my point is, like, I don't think even though you have something that's proven to be a hundred percent better, uh, you know, that it that it can always be justified to be enforced. Mm-hmm. You know, no, to mean, force everybody in in the entire nation to buy a self driving car because they're safer. I don't think that's necessarily the only justification for it. And and I don't know. I feel the same way um, about, like, the saw thing is I, I don't think just because a saw is safer. I, I bought one. I, I saved up my money and I bought it because I wanted to have my fingers. But I don't think it's right to force that on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Regardless, whether it's cheaper, whether it's the exact same price, I don't. I don't think you know. Like, what taking if, taking options from somebody is the way to go. I also bought mine with my own money, and so um, I know people have. I'm the patsy that got that got his for free. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, actually, did I get it for free, or did I get it after spending uh, twelve thousand dollars at the hospital? Because that's why I go. got it because I was injured. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. So, what about forcing it on? schools and businesses and Absol- let the it should consumer- absolutely i mean insurance companies are going to dictate that insurance companies are going to say that's true oh wow there's a choice where somebody can't get hurt on that machine you have to get the one that will be safe otherwise yeah. you don't get insurance otherwise you don't get you know your your cfo uh, occupancy for this makerspace you have to take the one that's safe once there's a choice so there's going to be a lot of mandatory choices there in that regard but i mean as a homeowner you should be able to choose I mean, it's freedom of choice. I don't think it's ever going to be only one or the other because there's so many still available and there's so many small kinds. Where does it draw? I mean, honestly, I think it's a great idea. And if you could only ever buy stars that shut off, you know, in 20 years from now, then no one's ever going to have a hand saw injury uh, or a table saw injury. But does that mean you put them on table saws, chop saws, drills, every other thing you could stick into your skin? Yeah. You know, where does the line become the line? Mm. You could pick up a razor blade and slit your own throat with it. There's no, there's no mechanism to stop you from doing that. Yeah. You know, so. uh, the insurance thing is a good point, though, because, yeah. you know, you look at the automotive industry, it's the same way. I'm sure at some point there were certain cars that had seat belts, certain ones didn't, and probably the insurance people said, look, we're not going to insure you unless you buy the one that's the safest of the two, you know, of the two options or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's an excellent point. Well, down the road, the, the there's a there's a house in my vicinity. They have a beautiful giant duck pond. And right next to the duck pond, there's a little pump house and a fire hydrant. 
And Taylor's like, look at that ugly fire hydrant. I said, you know why that fire hydrant's there? They probably save $5,000 a year on their homeowner's insurance because there is a fire hydrant 10 feet away from the house. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, oh, if you had, because, you know, up here, the first thing they said to you, how far away is the closest fire hydrant? I was like, 900 feet? I don't know. I don't even know. There isn't even one near me. And, you know, that's why all of a sudden, you know, they think, okay, no fire hydrant. Your insurance goes up mm-hmm. that much more. So, the idea that there's a better choice for insurance companies to enforce you to take, they're going to make you take it. If, you know, if, yeah. if it's a makerspace or a public spot where there's going to be a communal access to the shop. Jimmy, what, uh, what, tool did you injure your finger on uh like a 1970 delta table saw cabinet saw. without uh so i know there's some people that haven't listened to every episode that mm-hmm. are jumping in now what is there a non-graphic way you can describe what happened to your finger uh yeah i was i was uh i was trying to adjust the saw blade up into a piece of wood while it was running so i could get it up to the line so it was a stupid thing i shouldn't have had the saw running and the saw the, the blade grabbed the piece of wood and threw it through the saw and it hit me in my, my right forearm and that action caused me to sort of heel, keel over and bend forward and when I did that, I stuffed my left hand right onto the saw blade. But the saw no. blade was only sticking out of the table with no guard on it by about three-eighths of an inch and my mm. hand completely smacked on top of the blade and went you know to the depth of the table but the saw blade only cut into my hand three-eighths of an inch but it was enough to cut completely through my pinky Bone. Now, if that was on a saw stop, would that have prevented? It would have immediately injury? shut off. Yeah. 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 I, I, but now, again, the saw stop comes with all this extra webbing. Like I use it as an expression. I, I I wouldn't have been doing any of these things I did because the saw stop would have had the guard on it. Because now I'm just used to always keeping the guard on it. I Ooh. got that saw with no guard on it used, and I never ever had a guard on it. And occasionally, I made like a makeshift guard with like a piece of plywood above the blade. When I was doing production, when I say production, doing the same cut tens of times. So I would sometimes just kind of suspend a piece of wood over the blade so I didn't accidentally like bump it or, you know, kind of get monotonously hypnotized and skim my fingers across it. So I would just cantilever a piece of plywood across the top of the the open saw blade. And that was my just just my little extra measure of safety. But now, like I said, at 99%, if I'm doing a dado cut or a rabbit cut, of course, I have to take off the, the guard. But almost every single cut I make is with a full guard in place with the vacuum that takes the dust from above and below the blade. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so that story, and anybody that's listening has heard this as well, but um, that story in a far more bloody version was what made me buy a saw stop because we were, the three of us were talking one time offline mm-hmm. or, you know, not recording. And I was telling the guys, like, I'm thinking about buying saw stop. I really don't know. It's just, like a lot of money. And then Jimmy tells me the story of him running around holding his pinky on and all this stuff. And I just about threw up. <laughs> and I ordered a saw stop the next day because it, it dawned on me at that point that, it, you know, doing, uh, making stuff and doing YouTube stuff was all a hobby. And that was my second job. And it dawned on me that if I, in my hobby, made a mistake and cut off a finger or cut off a hand or something you're, like that. You're out of commission. I'm out of, I'm out of the hobby and I'm out of my programming job. I need my fingers, right? right? And so that made it, and I have kids, obviously. If I, you know, slit my wrist across the blade and bleed out in the shop, that's not good either. Another, I mean, another responsible and thing? I, I, don't mean to be, I don't mean to be graphic, but no. like these are extremely real plausible situations. Bob, another plausible situation, and I know from my personal experience, I grew up as a a young child from the age of like, whatever, I could walk at the age of three. 
From the moment I could walk, there was a workshop behind that door that I wasn't allowed in. And all I wanted to do was be in it. So mm. when my dad was at work, my dad was a fireman. He would go to work for 24 hours at a time. Me and my brothers were in that shop. We would, I mean, if we had iPhones, we would take pictures of the way everything looked, work, do everything, and then look at the iPhone reference and put everything back to the way it was, close the door. <laughs> we were never in there. But we were in there all the time. We were like little minions, always going in there. You know, we figured out how to turn the electric on with a big stick. My dad had to switch all the way up on the ceiling so everything would power it off. But we hit it with a stick. One time my brother jumped up and tried to slap the switch with his hand. And it had like a little metal uh, switch plate over it. And he slapped the side of the switch plate and slit, slit his finger open. He had a lie to my father about how he got cut. <laughs> so, and and uh, from that moment on, the switch plate always had like we bent the corner. Well, when we got older, we bent the corners and wrapped duct tape around it so that you wouldn't accidentally hit it as an adult and slice your finger again. So, Bob, you having kids around the house, there's going to be a moment where, where your sons are 10, 12, 13, and they're going to be like, well, I'm going to do what dad does. You know what? I just, hey, let's go cut this piece of wood. Your dad's got the saw. Let's go. You know? And if he sets the saw stop off, thank God he have a saw stop. Yeah. And Also, you can lock it out. The saw stop has a key. That's true. That's true, too. Yeah. In, uh, something that I read in that <clears throat> NPR article is the the guy who invented the technology, I think his last name is Gas, Mr. Gas, he tried to sell this to every manufacturer out there. Every single one turned them down and said safety doesn't sell. I remember I remember listening to NPR 20 years ago or 15 years ago when he, <laughs> they interviewed him and they talked about him and he was at a trade show and he was walking around trying to sell and they're like, why do you think nobody wants, you know, it was like, kind of like a hippy-dippy NPR interview. And, and I say that affectionately. I've been listening to NPR almost my entire life. And I remember him talking about it and going, yeah, well, he goes, you know, the alternative is to start our own company, but we're not prepared to do that. We want to try and get into a company that has stable presence in the market and blah, 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 blah. Now here they are this many years later. <laughs> they had to start their own company because nobody would give them the time of day. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of opinion about, I don't, I know nothing about the guy. No, so, you know, um, but there's a lot of opinion about them and him specifically being, uh, you know, kind of patent shark type person who just like goes after anybody for anything to get money out of it. Um, and I'm not saying that's true or not true, but I think that's one of the big, that perception at least is one of the big like discussion points. So I know there's a lot of people who won't buy this particular saw on principle because they they see like the the patent leg uh, I keep saying legislation lawsuit stuff happening and think like oh this guy's like just trying to get money out of people I don't want to support his company I totally get that that's like a valid thing to think about I don't know if that's true or not I have no idea but I know that behind all of this legislation talk and you know all of the safety talk there's like this underlying is this guy is this company just trying to get money out of everything and if so I don't want to be a part of it I don't know him at all. I never met him. I never had a conversation about him to any of my contacts at SawStop. But I can just guess from my own personal inventing experience. Like I can relate through the toy business. I spent 15 years running around trying to sell concepts. And the funny thing, like I guess I can compare it to the idea like when I was eventually on TV. Like I couldn't sell products or I had a hard time getting in the door at some of the more exclusive companies. And then all of a sudden I'm on TV and like, oh, you invite your brother in. Like, so I think there's probably a little bit of the similarity thing. And I'm obviously just completely speculating and putting my, I'm projecting my own experience. But 
he knocked on every door. Everyone said, get out of here. No one needs you. You don't know how to make a saw. We've been in the saw business since 1900. You know, who are you to tell us what to do? And now they've clawed their way up to a position of prominence in the saw business. And everyone's jealous in a way. Uh, hmm. I mean, that's not, that's not really the right point I wanted to make. The fact that he knocked on all these doors and that he, he didn't get anywhere with them. And now the fact that he's a huge competitor to all these people. There's a certain sense of, okay, there's a certain sense of, yeah, who's, who did you close the door on now? And now he mm. has the ability to overtake these companies. That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm sorry, I got distracted. He, he had, now that he's come full circle and there, there's a competitive, they're actually in a competitive position to overtake these companies, he might have a certain sense of revenge to come back and overtake these companies. Yeah. Does that make sense? True. I mean, I just kind of went in a really long meandering way to do that. I'm sorry. Be- no, it does make sense. I mean, I guess, and that could play into like the, the perception, you know, whether it's true or not of him being maybe vindictive or, yeah, that's, that's, I guess or, or that's the, the proper the company, way to put it. The company being aggressive in their because in their, they had uh, so many doors losses. slammed in their face and no one took them right. serious. It's like, oh, you didn't take me serious. It's like you know, it's like the the nerd that becomes the rock star and at the high school reunion, basically, you know, yeah. he comes back and everyone wants his photograph. He's like, hey, you didn't even care about me when I was nobody, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. had, I had valid ideas and nobody nobody validated my ideas, and now my ideas are proven to be valid by millions of dollars in sales, and I. <clears throat> Something that I love about my my saw stop is if you took away that safety feature, that saw is still one solid piece of machine. That's it's true. super mm-hmm. well built. The table is super true. It's an amazing fence. It's a really, it's not just a machine with awesome technology. It's an awesome machine with awesome technology. Yeah, right. and I've been using mine for three years, maybe four years, something like that, and. I will never buy another saw just because of my awesome experience I've had with this machine that I paid yeah. my own money There's for. so many things about, like, they looked at all the old technology. Like, you could take the riving knife out with just a twist of a lever. You, you mm-hmm. don't have to break out wrenches. The, 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 the guard goes on and off quickly. You don't have to break out a wrench. The nut. How many times will you guys never really ran, like, a Delta saw stop, but anybody listening? How many times have you gone to dial that nut onto the mandrel of a Delta saw, you think it's in place, and you go to give it the spin, and it falls into the sawdust bin below? <laughs> There's a certain positivity about the saw stop, because I think they have like Atlas threads as opposed to just regular standard threads. I, I don't know, but 20 years of using the Delta saw, you go to spin that nut on the mandrel, and it feels like it's clicked, and then it falls into the sawdust bin. With the saw stop, you reach in, you feel a positive click, you don't have to be looking, you could feel it, and you give it like a little gentle spin, and it just rolls right onto the mandrel. So there's so many little subtle things like that that yeah. are just taken care of in the saw stop. They obviously had the advantage, like every other company has the advantage of comparing themselves in the design features to what's already out there. You know, whenever yeah. your product is put out or manufactured or published, everybody has the right to scrutinize it and make it better. You know, you get it to a certain point and then you have to say, okay, I'm done designing. It has to be manufactured. And then the comp- competition picks it up and says, oh, this is, this. we could fix this. We could tweak this. And then all of a sudden you have the same but better product, you know, same caliber but better because. Okay. So that, that brings up a really good point. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. And I think the concern here, I'm trying to play devil's advocate because I have no mm-hmm. attachment other than I love the, the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what the patent uh, lawsuits and stuff are the concern is that what you just said won't happen in the next generation is that, you know, 
I don't know, Black and Decker or whoever can't look at a saw stop and go like, oh, that's great, but we can make it better. Like the patent stuff will get in the way of them being able to I'm gonna, make the I'm next gonna, iteration. Uh, this is my devil's advocate of that. Good for saw stop for having good lawyers. And Black and Decker just has to wait it out. Yeah. It's not the end of time. In right. four years from now, they'll have this. They have four years to make a better version of it. Because once the yeah. patents are, like Viagra, all these things, once these things become unpatented, all of a sudden there's a flood of copycats. And then every, it's going to be a fair market. Everyone's just mad because they don't have the opportunity to take care of, to take advantage of this unfair market for the moment. But mm. Something I didn't even think about to research before I hop on the show is uh, Festool and Sawstop merged or Festool bought Sawstop. That's so I, don't, I nobody told nobody that told me, and I don't know anything firsthand. Yeah, uh, there, I mean, there was just a headline a few weeks ago saying Festool bought Sawstop, and I'm wondering how that's going to play into. Um, did they buy them for the technology, and is Festool going to put out their own own safety features mm. on on their tools? Is it going to increase this the saw? Is it going to make it going to make it better? So yeah, that could. About. That could go a bunch of different ways. I mean, it could, you know, it could give them technology to, to use in making their own version of the whatever the, you know, the $80,000 table saw that would be the Festool table saw. <laughs> or, or you know, I don't know anything about Festool as a company. They could be like, okay, now we're just going to let everybody have this technology. I, who knows? I mean, I doubt that'll happen. But there's a bunch of different ways that having another level of decision making above SawStop could change things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like this argument, uh, sorry, this this article and all of the concern around it that people keep asking us about is really about um, monopoly. I think it's about the monopoly is like, only going to be for a couple of years. That's, you know, I agree. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm not, not going to argue deal. with the people that are writing the emails. <laughs> I, okay. I don't think that's the concern. What is, I think what do the, you concern think the concern is, is people not having a choice. It's like it's, well, that's it's, monopoly. It's, you're saying a monopoly. People don't on- like being told what to do. It's like the gun. It's like the whole gun argument. Right. No matter, I, I'm not going to say what side I'm on, and I don't mm-hmm. care what your opinion is. So don't email me. Don't at me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, people don't want to be told that they can or can't buy a, a, a thing. People, people just don't like to be told what to do. I think that's the real issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think we're saying the same thing. I mean, I, I think the monopoly end of it is that There's someone no will choice. benefit by being to force everybody else to have the same, yeah. you know, to not have a choice, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think that's a, a totally valid concern. I get that. Personally, I don't think it should be something that is forced, but I will always buy a soft stop. And, and, and one if, thing that and everybody... I, and if I ran a makerspace or a school or a community or if I let anybody use my saw, it will always be a saw stop because of the... I think it's a great tool. I think it's the best choice. But me forcing you two to do that because I think it's the best choice, that crosses a line that I'm not really personally willing to cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize is you could just bypass it. You can cut your hand off on it if you want. <laughs> you can. Prove it. You can know you if you want to cut yeah, yourself, yeah. you could you could choose to cut yourself on it. So you could run it like a regular saw, and you have all the benefits of it being bigger, stronger, more powerful, better designed, more ergonomically uh, user friendly. You know, lifting up that lever and sliding the fence over, having a yeah. fence that doesn't lock on the back, so you could put a, a, an outfeed table, and having the over tube that sucks up the stuff that blows in your face. You know, and you can cut <laughs> your hand off on it at the same time. <laughs> Bonus features. Yeah, you just yeah. lift up the guard and just jam your finger into the blade. Make sure you have the override on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So it has <sighs> every it has everything. So even though oh you're being forced to buy a saw stop, yeah, you're being, but you could still have it to be a regular stop. I mean a yeah. regular saw. <laughs> A regular, regular, <laughs> a regular stuff. stuff. <laughs> a reg- yeah, I don't. I don't mean to get like you know pointed about it, but we we've gotten so many emails lately, and one of them I don't even know the dude's name. I wouldn't say it if I did, but was like, "Hey, you guys are sponsored by SawStop, so you're not going to say anything how you feel anyway." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> I paid my own money for that. Yeah. I'm not trying to throw you two guys under the bus in any way. I was just speaking for myself. Like, no, I bought that because I think it's the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, I don't. I'm. I'm not a fan of people using, uh, you know, patents to to like shake down other people at all. Of course, that's not cool. I don't like to see that. I don't like the fact that Bosch was not able to have a competing saw with a similar technology. I think that's a drag for the market. It's drag for you know improvement. Yeah, but is it a drag for the market, or is it? Do you have any patents right now? Me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, none that I can. None that I profit off of. Right, but if somebody came along and you still owned your patent and they did something very similar, would you be like, oh, wow, I'm glad that there's somebody else doing the same thing? Would you be like... No, 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 no. I agree. I agree with that point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just saying I think it's a it's a drag that there is no way for there to be any competition right now. Right. And I, I don't think being like super litigious about that type of stuff is great for, you know, improvement on things. But again, it's just a matter of time, a, though, because it's it's just a matter of time. Even though people aren't in the public, product. they're you know there are guys making saw stops with the uh, disc brakes. You know the the blade is the disc brake. I'm sure this guy's doing all kinds of stuff, and and his his assistant's holding the brake lever really, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm about to get cut, so be quick on the brake lever, grab it quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, so the point I'm making is, is there's got to be inventors. Yeah, you know, high corporate inventors, low corporate garage guys like Izzy, coming up with ways of doing the same technology. Even if there's a handful in the whole world, there are guys that are doing it, and they're just sitting waiting for their opportunity to come and say, "Okay, you guys either they go right to saw. The first stop is going to be saw stop. Do you want to license this technology from me so you could squish it, or do you you say no? I'm going to go start another company just like you did. You inspired me. You started the company from scratch. I'm mm. going to do the same thing with my version of the." The disc brakes all stop. It's going to have handlebars on it. Creativity so. comes from limitations. Exactly. Mm. So, I mean, I think right now people are probably upset because they don't want to be told what to do and they don't want laws and they, they want free, blah, less government, blah, 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 blah. But it's just a matter of time before. And, you know, in this world, we're all making our own backyard stuff anyway. You can make your own backyard saw stop if you want. Get a pair, sure. get a bicycle, with a brake lever on it. <laughs> That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. So all right. send your emails to nowhere. <laughs> yeah, send them to we don't want to hear it at makingitpodcast.com. <laughs> and full no, disclosure. We do, we, no, we we love we love the conversation. Yeah. And I, the, the reason yes. we're having this conversation now is because so many people send us messages. And yeah. I, I mean, I'll say full disclosure. I I got my saw stuff for free after a fan wrote to saw stop and said you need to give this guy a saw he's removed his pinky by accident on an old school saw and he is talking about it publicly and if you guys have an opportunity here to get some publicity out of this guy's injury and that's exactly the case and so they gave me a saw and then i said hey my nephew needs one they gave my nephew one and then i said my dad doesn't need one although he did cut his finger off if you want to share his story on your website and they my dad calls me they gave me a saw stop i'm like i wish they didn't but that's okay because um, I don't want my dad to work anymore. He's in his 70s, late oh. 70s. He's getting closing in on 80. 
But uh, now my dad has one, and they're about to send me a new one. So I will have two in my shop. Mm-hmm. Matt's got one, and my dad's got one. But there's yeah. no other choice. It's not like I'm going to go and get a different kind of saw stop or a saw, you know, a different safety saw. So, yeah. And having gone through the the trauma of cutting my pinky nearly completely off, and having it reattached, and the pain and suffering, you guys are looking at it right now. It's all cockeyed. <laughs> you know, um, it's. There's, there's no choice. There's no you got to just got to do it safe. And before I was in touch with SawStop, I was going to buy one, but it was just a matter of waiting for the right time to have the money to. I, I was hoping to buy one when I got out of the basement because I didn't want to have to buy like a brand new thing and drag it down the basement and bang it off the steps. So my goal was to try and get out of the city and then buy one once I got into a new fresh shop. Anyway, they gave me one before that happened, long before that happened. So yeah. And then if you guys are at all on the fence about, you know, I just lit- I just lost one of ten fingers. There's the, the guy whose name escapes me, but we could link to the the Modern Maker podcast where they interviewed the guy who lost all five fingers mm. in one incident. And, and Matt, they tried to reattach it, and it, it didn't, didn't in, a, in an instant of a second, he lost five fingers on his hand. And Jeez, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's heavy, 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 heavy stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if you listen to his story and you don't, Buy a saw stop. You know, if you have the money and you can get one, you're crazy not to. You, you know, don't wait for free market because free market you might end up having that that accident tomorrow. Well, and that's kind of a. I mean, obviously that's a personal type of decision, but you know, it's that weird balance of the. Because I, I, thinking about this show, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like the principal feeling. You know, like do you do you make your decisions uh, only based on your principal, or do you make them on uh, practical stuff as well. And, you know, like from principle, I mean, I could look at it and say, well, I don't want to support someone who runs a business or has done business dealings in a way that I don't think is ethical or nice or whatever. I can look at it that way. But then, like I said before, like I have to look at the (laughs) practice, I have to look at the practical sense of like my livelihood being able to provide for my family. And I'm glad that I made that choice that I, that I bought something that I, we, I mean, we've already been over this, that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that I recommend mm-hmm. to people. And I've not had any sponsorship conversations with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I, they're not giving me anything to recommend them, but it's something that after I got past the principal conversation in my own head about it, um, I was impressed enough and I enjoy using the saw enough that I definitely recommend it to people if they can afford it. Again, that's a huge thing because it's not practical for a lot of people because it is very expensive. Uh, Well, I'll tell you my experience. I got injured for the first time in my entire life at the age of 41, something like that, 43. And I said, wow, I wish I would have bought a saw stop because I started seeing them on YouTube quite a bit at the time. They were starting to pop up here and there. And I was like, oh, I'll get one. Then I got injured. And then I'm like, well, now there's no rush to get one because what are the chances of lightning striking twice? It's been this many years since I got injured. Now I'm like five times more careful. I don't do half the stuff I used to do before March 31st, 2010. Still, like that day I stopped doing like 10 unsafe things that I did on a regular basis. And so I'm like, I do want to saw stop, but now there's no rush because lightning's not going to strike twice. I'm 50 times more careful than I've ever been in my life continuously still to this day but then when they called me and said would you want one this fan recommended one i was like okay i'll take it and i'm glad i did so i mean i'm just when i'm out a minute ago i was like you should get one but i understand it costs money you don't have the decision making power or you know so that was my that was that was the reason why i was slow to get one after i realized i absolutely needed one 
it's it's not rational thinking. It's still stupid, but for me to think, oh, now I'm safer and you know, lightning doesn't strike twice in the same room too often. So doesn't strike the same pinky. No, I have ten <laughs> of the fingers that get strikes. So. <laughs> Every time I see your pinky, I'm reminded how I need to be aware. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously that's you know. <laughs> It's, don't show it to me. It's the janky pinky. <laughs> the janky pinky. It looks like a shrimp. You my should, brother said you it, should just call it the janky. My brother said it looks like they took a, a shrimp cocktail and sewed it on your hand. It does. Yeah. All the wrinkles are gone right. on my pinky knuckles because they don't bend anymore. So my pinky's all smooth and like my pinky looks like it should be in Stop. a wheelchair. <laughs> Super gross. Stop. It looks like the bottom of like uh, like a smallmouth bass. When you hold your hand up like that, I, I just see a fish. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bob, you have got like, some Photoshop to do for this week's. Image. Uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we've, we've beat that one to death. Yeah. Yep. So, um, are we for legislation or not? Let's just sum hmm. up. I'm not. Oh, I'm going to say not, but I'm not, I'm not strong opinionated on one side or another. I don't think it's a bad idea, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think it's the worst legislation in the world, but I don't like being told what to do and i understand why other people don't like to not have that option yeah you know um i i I mean okay one more thing if just imagine and this will happen in a few years when the patent expires if the technology is free and open and it doesn't cost companies more to put it in and it's that you know it costs i don't know dewalt's or somebody the same amount of money to make one with and without legislation at that point that makes sense because nobody's like losing you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because at that point, everybody will get safer and nobody will lose anything. But I don't think that's ever going to be the case. I mean, there's technology involved. There's like other hardware involved. That's. And where and do you draw the line? Does the does the, let's say they do put legislation in place? There's cabinet saw this cabinet saw companies you know, all over Europe and and China and Korea making amazing equipment. Do they have to have it if they're going to be imported into America? There's no way. They're going to have lobbies, too, going against it. So that's why I say I think it's a good idea, like airbags, but, you know, where is it? Where where, where can you draw the line? It's I don't think it's really going to happen, ultimately. That's just yeah. my opinion, but who knows? You are probably right. All right. All right. What you guys been watching? I have this really cool video, and maybe you've seen it because it's starting to get shared quite a bit. But uh, it's by the guitar company called Stu Mac. Hmm. And uh, it's repairing Willie Nelson's guitar. Oh, that keeps popping up in my feed. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's really cool. It's <laughs> really cool. Uh, so uh, every year, it sounds like the guitar's name is Trigger. And if you know anything about Willie Nelson, it's always the guitar that you've seen him use since I think 1969, somewhere around there. But it's worn out. There's holes in it from his fingernails, and it just looks cool. Mm-hmm. And it's a hybrid between two two guitars. And um, so every year, this guy at Stu Mac gets his guitar and he cleans it up and does any kind of repairs. And this time, he made a little video about it, and it's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I'll check that out. Jimmy, what you got? Uh, I don't have. Uh, well, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't say anything. Yeah, he's looking. I'm looking, but you know what? I, you go. know, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna get yelled at if I say that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, gotta say that one. Yeah, now I'm curious. Well, you know what it is? I'll show. tell you what it is. It's no big deal. Okay. I mean, it's. Uh, 
Late Night with Seth Meyers. I never watch the show, but Late Night with Seth Meyers always pops up in my feed, obviously, because I started watching it a few months back, maybe more than a few months ago. His show kind of faltered in the beginning. All those late night shows are all the same. I never watch anything with a guest, but between him and all the other guys, I watch the monologues. And and Seth always does a thing called a closer look, so I always watch those. So I, I really enjoy. He really kind of he, you know, regardless of what side you're on, politically, I like how he takes the news and kind of puts it in like little bite sized pieces for me to understand. And, it's and really he, good. At, we and watch and he's funny. Too. And I think he's. I think he's funny. You know, for a while there, when he first started the show, I was like, he was so much funnier on SNL. And now he's like, on, he's like in a big pool all by himself. He just kind of felt a little insecure, but like he's he's got his footing now, and and I think he's very funny. I met Seth Meyers before he was famous on the street. We were walking down the street, and I was with. I talked about Barry Katz before. I was with Barry Katz, and we walking down the street when he was my manager, and he said he screamed, and Seth Meyers comes running across the street. And he says, oh, Jimmy meets Seth. I shook his hand. He goes, Seth's going to be on SNL this season. And then that was many, hmm. many years ago. So hmm. I can't say that I know him, but I shook his hand. Nice. Awesome. I, I watched his show when he first went up. And like, it was the same way. I was like, nah, not my thing. But at the same time, I kind of felt the same way about Jimmy Fallon when he first went to that same show. Mm-hmm. But man, he flipped that show around really quickly, totally. and it got really good. And hundred percent agree know, with that as well. Same thing. Yeah. So maybe I should give it a try. Uh, try. All right. So I have, and I've talked about this guy before. Evil Ted Smith. You guys yeah. ever watch Evil Ted? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a prop maker in L.A., and he's a really good guy. Really nice guy. Um, and he does lots of foam stuff and I've talked about prop making and foam making and all that before, but he put out a video today or yesterday or a couple days ago about making EVA foam look like leather. Mm. And I was like, ah, yeah, sure. And it's so simple. But when I saw the video, I was like, what, what, why didn't I know about this? Cause it looks really good. Hmm. Um, and it's a very simple procedure, but he's just really good at taking like one little technique like that, that you'll use, you know, every whatever, 10 years or something. And showing how to, like, breaks it down, makes it really simple and easy. And um, just like one of those things you kind of put in your quiver, and then whenever you need it, pull it out. Wow. So, go check out Evil Ted Smith. Yeah. Jimmy Dress is putting out prop-making videos now. Did you see that? Yeah, I know. I'm changing. <laughs> <laughs> You've changed. No, the Gold Bars video was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that video kind of... It, it, <clears throat> went on fire for about three minutes until YouTube stopped recommending it, but it was great. It went in the month. <laughs> and that was it. Um, yeah, that was my buddy said, Hey, I need all these props. And it's, I'm kind of, it's outside my comfort zone. So when I'm sitting there at the table with him, I'm like, I want to just get up and leave and not do this. And then I'm like, you know what? It could make for some cool content and I will learn something the hard way under fire. Just said, all right, let's try this. So I went back, I thought about it for a couple of days, and the only problem being is that I just have to get it all done before we all go to Nashville next week, So yeah, which is tomorrow. I have to get it done tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, because okay. Nashville is this week. Yeah, That's so right. it's close. It's I mean, I'm very close on a finish. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, well, before we go, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, um, especially Make, Build, Modify, Works by Solo, new this week. Hey, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Burton, Keith Decent, Ashley Stilson, Malt and Make, Corey Ward, Evan and Caitlin, Jedediah Schultz, and Wise Old Dell. Yeah. Uh, but especially especially them, but everybody else uh, that supports us on Patreon. It's awesome. Really appreciate you guys. And uh, you'll all get to hear the after show, which we're going to record as soon as we're done here. Right so, And uh, Chris, Chris Burton, a, cl- uh, 
A Glimpse Inside is his channel. A Glimpse Inside. Yeah. That's two weeks in a row. You gave him like special shout out two weeks in a row. <laughs> We've been friends for a long time talking and he told me, he said, hey, I got my name as this thing. He goes, but could you just give my channel a bump? So that's right. <laughs> he's, nice. he's been a long, long-term long supporter and a good dude. And, yeah. we, and we hung out in Oklahoma. Um, cool. That's it for this week, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll talk about something lighter next week. Yeah, no, that's a good. It was a good, healthy discussion. We're all going to get we talked about mail. pants last week. That's true. <laughs> okay, we'll go deeper and more serious yeah. next week. Next week we right. talk about pants stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, safety pants. Yeah, all right, cool. Man. We'll see you guys next week. Later. I love safety pants. <laughs>